blissfully aware the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and world news in general. I'm Bliss, and today, as always, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelty and Kendra. Hello. Hello. So you guys, I know you live in Canada and all that good stuff. Did you know there was an attempted coup here in the United States? We saw, yeah. Couldn't get away from it. Yeah. So, despite the fact that I didn't create this podcast to discuss politics, I feel like it would be disingenuous not to have this episode in response to how fandom responded to what happened. I'm I'm fairly frustrated by the response I've seen. So, let's get into it. So something I saw the same day of the coup was Dylan O'Brien tweeting about how, you know, shit was crazy. And one of the comments on his tweet (laughs) drove me up the wall. This person says, my love, I'll be sincere. Now, I don't care about politics, so bring out your pretty face. I need that more than anything else in the world. Miss you to death. Love you. Okay. Little little tone deaf. Well, bit. But the thing that like drives me insane is he's posting on his private Twitter his political view, and people are telling him essentially, no, 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 no. I only want you for your face. I only want you for whatever good fandom or media content you produce. And this happens all the time with celebrities, both in a good and bad way. But it kind of drives me up the wall when uh, people try to use their platforms in a positive way or express interest in something maybe you don't express interest in. That a fan has the gall to go to that celebrity and say, no, I only, I only want you to talk about your movies or your cartoon or your video games or whatever else yeah it's just especially strange to me when it's like you know there are people storming the capitol building with guns and they're like i don't care about politics like okay i don't really care if you care about politics or not they're they're happening and it's dangerous and shit's going down and i feel like it needs to be discussed whether you care about it or not people are dying yeah And I mean, people say that they don't care about politics, but that's actually not true. No. Nobody doesn't care about politics. They just care about politics in as much as it affects their daily life comforts and the encroachment on what they want and are allowed to do. Mm -hmm. And the, the idea that someone would just kind of dismissively assert that they don't care about politics is really revealing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, during a fucking coup. During a coup, an armed insurrection in the capital of the United States that I don't think has ever happened before. It's a historical first. The last time somebody stormed the capital, like in a war, was the War of 1812. When we came down from Canada and burned your ugly White House to the ground. <laughs> but that was like a war of like an opposing <laughs> of an opposing nation state. Yeah. Like it wasn't like a civil war. Like the fucking what are they called? The not union, the slave states. Oh, Confederacy. The Confederacy. The Confederacy never made it up to DC and like, you know, shat on the White House or something. Well, they have now. 
Yes. Now, in the year 2021, <sighs> it's, it'll be in the history books. Literally. To me, what that's saying is I care about politics, but not your politics. I support the coup, and I want you to shut up about it so that I don't have to feel bad about supporting fucking insurrection. Armed insurrection against (laughs) sitting elected politicians. And Mm. the idea that people are comfortable enough to, like, go directly to a celebrity's, like, Twitter or Instagram or whatever and complain about it just is emblematic of the fact that people view entertainment as like a product, like a consumer product, Mm -hmm. and the people who create that entertainment are welded to that product. They too are a form of product, and like, I don't think that's an incorrect assessment of how the entertainment industry works. Like, a lot of celebrity social media is a product that they are attempting to monetize. But when you get a product that you don't like, you go complain on Amazon about it. So mm-hmm. when when your actor is not making silly homoerotic werewolf shows, you go <laughs> complain about it. And yeah, it's a weird byproduct of like the atomization that social media has put us all through. That's not like a galaxy brain take. I'm not saying anything new that people haven't been saying for 50 years or more, but Mm -hmm. it is a little sad to see the effect of the commodification of the social interaction Mm. play out on Twitter. Yeah. Well, I just remember during the lead up to the election, you know, all these celebrities and minor celebrities and YouTubers, uh, it goes in that order, <laughs> we're out saying, you know, vote, vote blue, vote blue, here's why. <laughs> and here's yeah. how you do it. And here's where you go. And I think that was great. It made me very happy to see people that I like get riled up for the election, but also use their platform in a positive way. Because maybe there are a bunch of 18-year-olds this year who literally just crawled out from underneath a rock and don't know what to do. And I remember one of the most annoying things was seeing comments like, you know, Oh, I love the Try Guys. I wish they wouldn't talk about politics. Like, okay, this is a sort of special occasion. (laughs) Yeah. That's another thing is that, like, I don't know, maybe there was a time. Not really for everybody. But fine for for the average heterosexual white person uh, that, you know, not talking about politics was like maybe an option. Well, can I just say as the as the non-American in the room, not talking about politics is uniquely an American phenomenon. Oh, yeah. No other country in the world just pretends politics doesn't exist. Yeah. Oh, and that it's this like tiny, negligible part of society that, you know, polite company doesn't talk about. Yeah. Like, so I don't understand that at all. The, like, wish that public figures not be political. Yeah. I don't really get it I don't get it at all, and I don't get why people... I don't even get the desire. There's never been a point in my life where I'm like, damn it, I wish this person I liked didn't talk about politics as much. Didn't talk about this thing that Mm -hmm. really has everything to do with everyone in the entire world. I mean, I pay taxes to this shit show. I might as well complain about it. Right? Yeah. And I know everybody's saying it, but with Parler closing down, that means all the conservatives have 
no more safe space to hide in are gonna come crawling back to Twitter. And it's not like there's a ton of fandom people that went to Parlor as far as I know. Oh, God. Gina Carino, or again, I have no idea if I'm saying her last name correctly, so I apologize, but I know she never technically left Twitter. She joined Parlor. Well, then here's another thing. Side note, speaking of her, I absolutely vehemently disagree with everything that she says. I wish that she wasn't like that, but she is, and it's her platform. And she unfortunately can use that to whatever purpose she wants within the terms and agreements of the platform. And of course, I want her to face consequences for dangerous misinformation she's spreading, much like I'm happy that Trump is not allowed on the platform anymore. So if she ends up losing her role in The Mandalorian because of it, I'm fine with that. That's good, in fact. But my frustration with the condemnation of celebrities tweeting their political beliefs isn't one-sided here. So I'm not just saying I hate people saying, oh, you can't say that uh, on your own platform. Because you can. It's your platform. You can do whatever you want with it. Whether or not it's a good decision mm -hmm. or a safe decision or a decision mm -hmm. that's going to profit you later on is not up to me to decide what you do with your platform. You know? Like, I don't want it to seem like I'm cutting only one way. I can't stand watching people who enjoy fandom stuff get pissed off when the monkey won't dance. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's a little weird that people are comparing this storming of the Capitol to, like, BLM protests when, you know, BLM protests were about the murder of black people via cop and, you know, the Largely about the... The institutionalized racism as a whole. Yeah. Specifically in the form of this one act of violence. And then, yeah, the storming of the Capitol was about, like, a conspiracy theory. Well, like, it's about QAnon being like, the election has been stolen from you. And the president and Ted Cruz and a lot of other, you know, spineless dribble mm -hmm. <laughs> claiming falsely lying that the election was somehow stolen and yeah people just believing that yeah and thinking that their their sundowning white man is the one that should be in charge like that these things aren't really comparable like one is something that we as a society really need to fix and the other is you don't know how to count and you're mad about it like i mean or you just have a persecution complex well yeah you think you, there's no way we could have lost you know based on the value of our ideas the value of our ideas is is unapproachable mm. it must have been it must have been underhanded mm -hmm. no one trump couldn't lose it's just literally a, a campaign of misinformation and propaganda very much in the soviet style that vladimir putin is so versed in mm. and he basically said into cameras <laughs> we are going to create a state of non-specific, -spe non non-shared reality in the American voter populace, and then he went and did it, and now everyone's like, 
how could QAnon take root in America? <laughs> it's so far-fetched. And and now we're here, basically. Yep. <laughs> and then yada, yada, yada. <sighs> Techno-Viking storms the capital. Mm-hmm. Jesus. God. Uh, it just... Mm, I guess the way that a lot of American youth, I guess aren't politically interested or whatever and are turning it all into a joke. It hasn't been a week. Mm. (laughs) And I don't want to joke yet about how similar the coup is to your favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, no, that's bad taste. Five people are dead. Like, real live people are not alive anymore. the, The Star Wars fight was against the fascism. Yeah. This one was for the fascism. I feel like that's a key distinction. Like, were these people, like, were these, like, the little fucking, what are they called? Les Amis des BC? The Friends and Les Miserables? Oh, yeah, okay. Like, were they the little student freedom fighters from Les Mis, you know, waving a flag from the barricade? That, like, while the action is the same of, like, political insurrection... Political insurrection against fascism is good, and political insurrection for fascism is bad. And I think we can... This may be difficult, because Twitter and social media likes to say thing bad and then move on, but thing can be good and thing can be bad. It really depends on the the ethical ideology (sighs) underpinning the motivations behind this movement. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what they're called? The ABC Friends? Yes. Okay. I uh, feel like a lot of people, though, miss the point of what Star Wars was supposed to be about, or big air quotes supposed to be. George Lucas doesn't even know what it's supposed to be, but it was a fight against fascism. Well, yeah, now it's just about making Disney money. Yeah. Now, you guys saw what happened, uh, Chris Evans tweeting about the coup, right? I yeah. did. Yeah. So he made a couple tweets the day of, very reactionary. So yeah, he tweets... I'm speechless. Just think of the carnage had they not been white or so many people enabled this. Mm -hmm. You know, of the variety of things I was tweeting that day. Basically, yeah. And then somebody brings out a picture of him and Ted Cruz, which is it's kind of a funny picture. If you look at it, (laughs) it's Chris Evans trying very nice to stand and smile uh, with Ted Cruz and his daughter. Right, yeah. And they tried They tried to pull the whole, well, no, thing bad, actually, uh, about Chris Evans, which is fucking ludicrous. Yeah. Because Chris has worked with this foundation. It's called Starting Points, first of all, is the like website that he launched. And the point is to conduct interviews with politicians to literally just get on the record what their purported beliefs are. (laughs) It's not even to find something we can all agree on, man. It's just literally to have visual documentation for what different politicians' purported beliefs are. And the fact that he's a celebrity means that he is able to get access to interviews to have a sit-down with Ted Cruz or some other repulsive maggot that works in Congress. And... The fact that Ted Cruz was then like, hey, Captain America, can we get a picture? And Chris Evans did that, to me, is not the same as supporting fascism. No. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe (laughs) I need to check my privilege. I don't care. But, yeah, like, just 
appearing as a superhero actor in a photo with a politician after he's done you, you know, the favor of his time to answer some questions of yours. Like, what, should he have thrown a pie in Ted Cruz's face? Like, maybe if you don't have a career to lose, I suppose. He works for Disney, y'all. Yeah, that would have not gone over great. So yeah, the, the reason that he has photos with some, you know, detestable people in Washington is for exactly this reason. is because he tried to get sit-down interviews with as many as he could in the run-up to the 2020 election to just literally have on the record a database of views and opinions of elected officials so you could go and literally see for yourself what these people thought and there was no cloud looming of fake news or something because it's literally coming right from their goddamn mouth into a camera they know is on so that was that was the point he had this website called starting points because you know the soviet disinformation campaign of fake news was working real well in america for the last four years and now, that was his endeavor. He was like, I'm a celebrity. I can get access to all these people that other people probably can't. I should put that to good use and just literally have a record of what these goddamn scumbags claim to believe. Shout out to Chris Evans. Yeah. And then the backlash he got just, I don't know. I guess you're going to get backlash no matter what. But it just, it makes me angry that fandom and fans turn on their creators for being people sometimes. I mean, obviously, if you murdered somebody or you're an absolute piece of shit or a Nazi, then sure, whatever, I'm not going to support you. (laughs) Well, again, because they're viewed as commodities. They're viewed as a product that I want to function a certain way, and when it doesn't, I feel I have the right to complain. Yeah. They tried to cancel him years ago because he laughed at a joke they didn't like. These people aren't really healthy. They're not going out of their way to have, you know, the most generous interpretation of events No, for people they don't even know. Speaking of commodities, though. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, I, I, I just don't, I'm not sure I have anything else to say <laughs> other than it's made me very mad this past week looking at anybody making fandom-related jokes about politics just because... This is probably the biggest political event since 9-11 to happen in my lifetime. Trump getting voted in included because fucking other trash humans have been elected president. Mm -hmm. This is true. Fucking 9-11, Barack Obama, this coup. I think, like, I've had people who were alive during Nixon tell me, like, this is unprecedented. Nothing like this has ever happened before. And it's fine to not know what to do. That's what unprecedented means. And so, yeah, like, I would say, again, not being American, Canadian politics doesn't usually rocket onto the world stage this hard. So I would also say 9-11 and last Wednesday, maybe some of the biggest political events of my lifetime. Uh-huh. But yeah, like, this one doesn't surprise me, I guess. Like, this is the logical result of Trump populism and QAnon disinformation. It bums me out, yo. I don't have a more eloquent way to say that. I just, it bums me the fuck out, yo. It bums me out, too. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I just felt like, I don't know. I just felt like 
We should talk about it. I know it's not haha funny fandom bullshit, which we're going to get to as soon as I actually cut to ads. Mm-hmm. But fucking everybody pay attention and stay safe and stop harassing celebrities for telling people to fucking vote or that coups are bad, in fact, or that fascism is bad, in fact, or that black lives matter, in fact. Just stop. Yeah. They have lawyers, y'all. Really good ones. You know who else has good lawyers? Are you gonna say ads? (laughs) These ads and services! (laughs) And we're back. Now it's time for funny haha jokes. Is it? Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Bullying over dead family members? It's not all that funny. Well, no. I mean, we'll drag them and it'll be funny. It won't. This one is just sad and mean. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so a couple days ago, as of time of recording, a Twitter user posted a picture of a character from a video game called Genshin Impact. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know anything about it. I just have heard that fucking phrase a lot. <laughs> Me too. It's an anime-style game. I... Okay, it's a free-to-play action role-playing game. So yeah, open-world action-based battle system. Mm. It was released in the end of September 2020, so it's, like, brand fucking new. Oh, yeah. God, the, the fucking half-life of stuff nowadays is just <laughs> instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Andy Warhol overshot a bit when he said 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. I think we're down to 15 seconds at this point. 15 likes of fame. <laughs> <laughs> so the character's name is Venti. Y'all saw a picture of him, right? Yes. No, I have no I idea did. who this character is. What's his fucking goddamn name? Venti. V-E-N-T-I. Okay. Like a large drink at Starbucks. <laughs> okay. Hang on, he's loading. There he is. <laughs> How old would you guess that uh, lad is? I would say, well, the later Hosen makes it hard to tell, but I would say maybe 13 to 14. It's anime, so I'd say 17 so that they're allowed to loot him because this is anime. He's got some nice feminine hips. He does. <laughs> uh, Venti is, in fact, 2,600 years old. <laughs> Classic anime, baby! That's anime for ya! Oh, it doesn't get... Oh my god, of course. He is a shapeshifter and chooses to take the form of somebody that he, as far as I'm aware, may have known who died in battle. Aww. Okay, so just this is his chosen form. Romantic! When, When able to look like anything in the world... He decides to look like a like a fourteen year old sprite in later hosen with weird little braids in front of his ears. God, that would feel so strange. Adorable. This hair is questionable. I mean it's anime, the hair is always questionable. Yeah, but it's just okay. He uh he's also apparently a he drinks a lot in the game, if that also <laughs> mm-hmm. helps make him more of an adult well, yes. than his canonical well, age. Again, America's basically the only country on Earth where alcohol is allowed. So it's not like Saudi Arabia, where there's no alcohol, you know, no alcohol, air quotes. But 
it's also the country that permits alcohol, but also has the oldest drinking age, uh-huh. to my knowledge. Like, ev- everywhere else in the world, it's, like, between 16 and 18. And for some reason, because because a bunch of moms got mad to do in the 70s, now American kids can't even have beer until they're 21. It's uh-huh. bonkers. So alcohol really has this, like... I don't know, mythos around it to American kids as being, like, super verboten and, like, way more powerful and forbidden than it really is. I don't know. Americans are weird about alcohol. Yeah, we are. Uh, So, yeah, as of time of recording a couple days ago, someone tweeted that... And I don't know the context of this tweet, but it's a picture of this character, Venti. And they tweeted... People are already yelling about his age. Only makes me want to lewd him more. Okay, so just because I'm old, what does lewd mean? Like, like it lewd, like lewd. No, I know what the word lewd actually means, but what does it mean in terms of a verb? I assumed it would be the act of like explicitly shipping. Are you horny about them? Or do you make horny art of them? them Probably being the character. Make horny art and or fiction. Yeah, I think it would be the act of making art. So, like, if I just have a crush on fucking, I don't know, Ash Ketchum or whatever, <laughs> that's not the same as looting? I loot the fuck out of James from Pokemon. Which sounds like loot. As in, like, looting a corpse <laughs> in a video game. Which is just... <laughs> I love having all this terminology overlap. No, I, I'm pretty sure that it's, it's like, aggressive, explicit shipping and or art and fiction done of them. Um, but, like, shipping doesn't necessarily mean explicit sexual content. Like, shipping can just be, like, innocent well, I meant, like, and romantic. It, yes, but I meant, like, explicit, like, sexual shipping. Okay. I don't know. I guess. Like, I'm only gonna think about him fucking... And that's the only way I will ever think about this character. Completely in the nude, in a bondage dungeon, in full leather gear. <laughs> well, I also just figured it was like whatever they make me horny. Okay, I just, I just, I don't, I don't actually care. I just wanted to make sure I knew what the fuck we were talking about. I don't know. I just use context clues from what the word lewd actually means. Yeah, I just wanted, I wanted to know what the crime this person was accused of. Is it just the having horny thoughts? Is yeah, that, is that the? That's literally what it is. It is the having horny thoughts over a character that people perceive as young despite the fact that he is not young. I mean, that's, like I said, classic anime. Mm. They mm-hmm. they love that shit. It is an actual uh, a dare trope. The TV trope for it is called Really 700 Years Old. Yep. <laughs> because it is such a common trope that someone is hot and young and sexy, but actually, like... You know, a millennia old super being like the elves in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's kind of like a really old version of that trope. Yeah. So, yeah, this person got inundated with a ton of hate for liking this young appearing character. Mm-hmm. And of course they did. One of the most bizarre and targeted uh, forms of harassment I've seen this month was <laughs> essentially just harassing them about their dead mom. Yeah, like everyone in the in the Genshin Impact fandom, like they didn't like 
that she had horny thoughts about this Venti character. And so to express that, they they started replying to her and retweeting her, saying that her mother deserved to die because her mother had died recently, and she had died to escape the shame of being a parent to this person who thinks an anime character is cute. Yep. And, like, hundreds of them. Yep. Like, oh, a lot of them. Over and over. Standing up for each other, too. Yes. It's, it's right to abuse this person in their recent grief. To exploit their horrible, traumatic grief over an anime character in a video game. Yep. Right? That's mm-hmm. what we're talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Got it. Yep. Along with uh, the typical suicide baiting and pedophilia accusations, this one, this one was ugly. <laughs> they went private, and I have heard from a reliable source that they are doing okay. But yikes! And from what I've seen, at least, Twitter has not deactivated or deleted or sequestered any of these accounts that went on this targeted suicide baiting harassment campaign. Uh-huh. Which, again, I just want to mention, I was suspended from Twitter <laughs> for just acknowledging that Mitch McConnell will die one day. Uh-huh. Like, not saying I want to hurt him, saying that I hope he gets hurt. Just acknowledging that one day he will die because he's old uh-huh. and a bad person. <laughs> and, you know, as one day we shall all return to the earth. Yeah. And Twitter was fucking on that, like, white on rice, baby. <laughs> they were up my asshole about just acknowledging that Mitch McConnell will one day soon be dead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but all of all of this nonsense still up, still a okay per Twitter's terms of service. Apparently, uh-huh. I don't know. This one, he he is literally thousands of years old. Uh-huh. So how many of these aunties are just dogpiling for the sake of dogpiling? How many actually play the game? How many are actually involved in the fandom? There is no like. No, it's one hundred percent a dogpile. Yeah, all of them. All of them are down to abuse and hurt people. Real people. Uh, They don't have any reason. They just make it up as they go. Because all of these things that they say are bad, which, you know, no one's on the other side of whether or not pedophilia is bad. But the fact of the matter is we're all going to say that pedophilia is just, you know a two-year age gap between two consenting adults or whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, the problem is, again, I've made this comparison before, and it's appropriate. Like QAnon, they are just simply stretching and redefining the limits of what an already agreed-upon horrible thing is to encompass something they don't like so that they can, by association, make it just as horrible as pedophilia or some other bad thing, rape or whatever it is. Also not for nothing, but abusers do that all the time. Yes, that's a classic abuse technique, and Mm. uh, I don't understand why more people don't realize that. I guess because they're all 14-year-old morons. Yep. I mean, I said this the other day, just privately, but I am so fucking grateful that my brain, my 14-year-old idiot brain, did not have undiluted access to the internet 24-7 when I was growing up in my most embarrassing form as a 14-year-old <laughs> anime fan. 
because to have that shit preserved on Twitter forever, the way I was, the way I interacted with people, the way I treated people, might drive me to a dark place. Uh And I am curious what's going to happen in 10 years when all these kids are, you know, starting families or getting married or whatever. And they can't put this version of themselves to bed because they are preserved in amber on the internet for good. Mm -hmm. Just how horrible and evil they were as a teenager. Their darkest adolescent impulses preserved for all time. Yep. Yep. Nothing lasts on Twitter long. We're always on to the next new dog pile. So today it was in the JoJo fandom. Uh, Some person on Instagram posted a joke about aunties being angry about people shipping incest and was inundated with a bunch of suicide baiting, which is just spectacular. Sounds about right. Can we stop doing that? (laughs) I mean, we did. We all agreed in like 2006 that that was inappropriate and horrific behavior. And I don't know why then no one informed the generation after us. Yeah. Like, (laughs) literally, I'm speechless because I was like, did they not go to the same, you know, after school special programs or whatever? Do they not have the same, like, very special episodes? I guess not. I mean, yeah, they did. I've been watching, like, listen, I'm emotionally immature. I watch a lot of children's television. It all has the same message. And the message that comes up a lot is stop bullying people. I don't really understand why this is even a thing. But now the narrative has become, like, not bullying is bad the narrative has become bullying is bad when it's against good people bullying against bad people is good actually these it's not the tactics that are bad it's just the direction in which we've aimed them yeah but again their definition of what a bad person is is a super subjective yes and it's often just some rando on the internet that they disagree with, which again... Yeah, it's whoever I have power over and can orchestrate a dogpile on so that I don't feel at risk for being dogpiled on and ostracized from the social group. Like, we got over this. We did. As a society, we stopped throwing the word Nazi around at random people on the internet. Now, now there's real Nazis to yeah, worry about. Now we only use it on real Nazis. So we can't afford the confusion. But, you know, there's always also been real pedophiles, and they're on the internet a lot. So maybe to stop using that as a synonym for someone I disagree with sometimes, or someone who likes a character I don't, or whatever it is that you people are doing. Yeah. Well, and not for nothing, but I... <laughs> I learned a little bit more about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure today because of all this. It does include sex, nudity, violence, gore, profanity, alcohol, drugs. Uh, IMDb calls it a frightening and intense scene. And uh, incest is something that happens in the show. Like canonically. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. I have no idea. What the premise, setting, or story of this show is, I just have very disconnected knowledge about very small things, none of it which coalesces together to make a whole 
narrative that makes sense. No. But, yeah, I know fucking nothing at all about JoJo, except that it's it's all of those things. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Well, according to IMDb, <laughs> uh, JoJo chronicles the struggles of the cursed Joestar bloodline against the forces of evil. That sounds like anime. Beginning in 1880. <laughs> oh, why specifically then? Okay. No. Like the Victorian times? Is it just an excuse for everyone to dress up in Lolita fashion? Probably. Part one follows Jonathan Joestar as he matures with and eventually combats his adoptive brother, the cunning, merciless Dio Brando. Awesome. Okay. Set in 1938, part two follows the misadventures of Joseph Joestar, grandson of Jonathan, as he masters the ripple whatever that is, in order to combat hostile and ancient super beings named the Pillar Men. Man, okay, this is not at all what I thought this was about, but cool. I like things set in the 30s. Part three follows Jotaro and his group as they journey from Tokyo to Cairo to save his mother's life by defeating the family's resurrected archenemy, Dio. And it goes on. (laughs) Yeah, there's more. I mean, more power to you guys, fans of JoJo. I don't care. Yeah, knock yourselves out. That sounds like a hot mess of nonsense, and I hope you love it. Yeah, have fun. Just try not to kill each other over it, please. It's not worth it, trust me. It's not. Having once killed someone over anime, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So much effort to hide that body. Mm, Don't worry, I'll cut this part. (laughs) Yeah, man. So, like, the intensity of how quickly everybody gets so, like, riled up in fandom uh, and in real life is scary. Because, as we have seen in the past week... Uh But mob mentality is real, y'all. Yeah. You can seriously hurt people. And I know that a lot of the people who fucking stormed the Capitol and a lot of these people out here suicide baiting don't listen to this or actively care, but they want to hurt people. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. The internet isn't the shield that you think it might be. I mean, you've pointed this out many times, Kendra, but everything is on the internet now. Mm-hmm. Forever. Mm-hmm. Like you said that Twitter doesn't have a long attention span and it doesn't, but those tweets are still there. They yep. are still discoverable. Like people can go find them. And yeah, they are, especially once they are archived, like there's no... There's no ever getting them down. Uh-uh. It just takes a little bit of effort. And I think there's something to that. I think, like, because kids are just constantly scrolling, and they're like, this is what Twitter is. I just keep scrolling, and there's new stuff all the time. It maybe doesn't even occur to them that it's not Snapchat. Like, it's permanent. It is hosted on the Twitter server forever. I don't know. Also, Snapchat is not safe because people can screen cap that shit. Yeah, Snapchat's also permanent. (laughs) Put it anywhere. You are not safe on the internet. Stop acting like you are. This has been Kelty's PSA. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm gonna keep saying it until people start fucking listening to me. I don't know, man. Fucking one day... I am going to sit down with an auntie and they will explain to me their fucking, I don't know, the secrets to why they do what they do. And then the next day, 
I'll get to sit down with Q himself. I'm sure. I mean, yep. Both of these are likely to happen. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, the whole thing about aunties is they never actually want to discuss anything. They just want to call you a pedophile and then block you. Well, no, because their their argumentation collapses under the slightest scrutiny. Uh-huh. It's all about the insular social mechanisms of, of a group. Like, yep. again... It's like QAnon, but different. They're both wildly concerned with pedophilia that doesn't exist, but the rest is pretty different. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not even unique to this age. Like, that happened in the Satanic Panic in the 80s. It happened with the Moral Purity Movement in the 1910s. Like, it goes back a long, long way. Women and queer people especially, because, let's be honest, men, straight men have always been allowed to be embracing of their sexuality but when women and queer people are allowed to fully express their sexuality a way to ensure that that doesn't happen is to link it with sex crimes yeah and that's just what's happening again like it's a tale as old as time it happened during the aids crisis in the 90s too like Mm -hmm. like it will stop eventually because i imagine just one day there will be too many queer people but maybe not in my lifetime who knows but that's that's the thing that I want to, like, scream from the mountaintop over and over, is that both aunties and people opposed to aunties, whether you want to call them pro-shippers or whatever, are both really, like, convinced, it seems, that this is a unique phenomenon in history that we have never before lived through, which is not the case. Like, we have been here before. We've done this dance before with the Victorians, with the Satanic Panic, and it never works. Like, no repressive campaign in history has ever, ever, ever worked to get people to stop fucking. It will never, ever, ever happen. It is a losing battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> it is deeply frustrating and upsetting, and at the same time, it is nothing new. I have a question. If If the large... Starbucks drink if Venti? he if he just shapeshifts into like a slightly or like an older version of himself like a 40 year old is it then okay for him to fuck fucking <laughs> the loopholes and obstacles you got to jump through to like somebody but shame somebody else for liking them. I'm wondering how far they're willing to take it is basically what I'm interested in. Because we're already dealing with an impossible circumstance of a 200 or 2,000 year old shapeshifter. So I'm just wondering how much further we have to take this ridiculous circumstance in order for it to be okay for the 2,000 year old shapeshifter to fuck. That's a really good question, though, because in a lot of fandoms that I've been in that have characters like this, where, like, they're not a child, but they they look young for their age, like um, Umbrella Academy, aging up is still considered bad. Like, they'll still well, yeah, be like, I've definitely it's still seen pedophilia. People, yeah, people are mad if you even age up the underage character because it's still somehow pedophilia. If yeah. they're above 18, or whatever the age of majority in your country is. But the point being, like, when the character is old, but in a teenage body for whatever reason, 
This is already a thing that's impossible, so I'm just curious as to how far we have to entertain the impossible thing before the fucking becomes okay. Well, I just remember that uh, fan fiction for the Umbrella Academy where somebody had aged up five who is, like, in his 50s but a teenager because of weird time time travel. Which is already, like, ridiculous and silly, but whatever. They age him up uh, in the story, and this screen cap that somebody took, they they wrote underneath it that if you're going to age up a character just to have them have sex, that's just as bad, I'm quoting, just as bad as pedophilia. Is it? No! Ask the FBI. (laughs) Literally ask the FBI. Write to them right now. Include a link to that AO3 page. And be like, guys, I have a real case of the pedos on my hands. Please, please send my medal in the mail. Yeah. And see how seriously they take you. Yeah, I, um, I have something to say. That. I have several somethings to say that. But the fact of the matter is that fictional characters are never even just as bad as pedophilia at any point in time. Because they're fictional and have no feelings. Um, but... Fiction doesn't have human rights. Just, yeah, just again, this is 2020, 2021, so these are the foundational premises with which we all have to agree to in order to go further in this discussion. But definitely not just as bad as pedophilia is aging up a character. <laughs> well, here's the thing now. Even if you want to say that, like, fictional depictions of, you know, child abuse, whatever, even if they're meant to be bad, like, even if they're not meant to be, like, a horny anime teen fan art, even if they're meant to be, like, gruesome depictions of child abuse, you could be like, that's bad, and fine, I think you could make an argument for that. I don't think you could make an argument for it being just as bad. Yeah. I think there's maybe a scale of badness with which we have to accommodate ourselves, but even if you want to, even if you're agreeing that it's bad, I think saying just as bad is untenable as an argument. I don't think that holds water at all. They're fictional characters. It's a fictional world. Liking them, even in a gross way, is still fiction. And it does not cause actual, real-life human beings the same torment that uh, suicide baiting them might. I love that, too. That, like, just close the window is an excuse that people have when suicide baiting somebody, but not when they see fan art of a ship they don't like. Super funny. Yeah, it, it do just keep happening. Anyway. Anyway, I think we talked about the thing. But before I close us out, I did want to pass along our deepest condolences to the friends, family, and fans of voice actor Brad Venable. You will live on through your work, but you will be missed deeply. And it is my sincerest hope that you have found peace in whatever form you believed that was. Yeah, this was kind of a bummer episode this week, y'all, but... I think we really needed to address some of what was happening in the real world, too. That being said, if you would like to find us online, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BlissfullyShow. We're also on YouTube. Link 
to our channel is on our Twitter and Instagram page. If you are listening to this on YouTube, do us a favor, like, comment, subscribe, punch that bell, and we will see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Really? Hang on. Let me let me Google add on. Uh, looks young. Actually, this is gonna put me on a list. <laughs>